from a certain point of view. Hello there, and welcome to episode 20 of the From a Certain Point of View podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Adam. And Adam, I feel like 20 episodes is kind of a landmark number for us. Double digits times two. It feels, yeah, it feels good to get to 20. <laughs> I don't know what that um, means, but yeah. <laughs> we're, at, we're at 20 episodes in 2020, and we got a lot of strange stuff going on in the world right now that we'll probably touch on a little bit. And we're, we're yeah. recording a little bit later today at, at 2 o'clock Eastern time. Um, if right. you're joining us live today, we're, we're really excited that you're watching. And if you're tuning yeah. in a little bit later, um, are we on YouTube, Adam, today? or uh, We're not on YouTube today. I think we're going to try doing live on YouTube uh, maybe next week or the week. We'll see what happens. So right. today we're on Facebook and Twitch, though. We're live on Facebook and Twitch, and if you're yes. catching us a little bit later, we're so glad that you you're uh, listening. Yeah, um, you know, and, and we're so excited to be talking Star Wars. We got a lot of exciting things to talk about today. Um, Adam, what have you been up to this week in Star Wars? I was up. I, I'm really tired today. I was <laughs> up super late last night because I think we're going to talk about this in the news. But I ended up watching yeah. the Rise of Skywalker last night. Unexpectedly, that was a, unexpectedly, a surprise, but a welcome one to be yeah. sure, right? And unexpected on a couple levels because I wasn't going to buy the digital, and I know I, I was so convinced <laughs> that you were going to, you know, know. normally you're really good at resisting temptation, much better than I am at, at resisting <laughs> the dark side. Um, but you gave in this time. I was surprised by that. I gave, I caved in pretty hard last night. It was yeah. just one of those things where, like, this is really cool. They launched it early. Uh, Disney dropped it early. They actually did a couple things like that. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned everything with, going on with with the virus and all that stuff. With um, Frozen Two, you Frozen mean? yeah, Frozen Two came to Disney Plus like three months early, mm-hmm. which is crazy because yeah. it just came out uh like a month ago on digital uh, on digital and physical so yeah i mean had i known that i don't know if i would have bought, bought a physical copy you know but um mm-hmm. and i was you know even before disney plus launched i was wondering like if we'd be getting titles new titles on disney plus like quickly or if it would i be, don't think that this is know, the norm this isn't this isn't a normal thing yeah. obviously it's a due to the circumstance of yeah. the coronavirus and people you know, which quarantining is, themselves or staying right. at home, and which is something like cool that. that they did. You know, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty cool. And then, you know, with just the ability to watch the Rise of Skywalker like last night, I was kind of feeling like I really want to watch it right now. Yeah, and there you go. So I just jumped in. So I was up until about three last night watching uh, Rise of Skywalker. Nice. So yeah, that's probably the main thing that I've done Star Wars related this week. Uh, what about you? What have you been up to? Um, well, I, I did my normal uh, listening to the to TRB, the Resistance Broadcast. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite podcasts. Um, I always enjoy hearing what they have to say. And I think they did a very special, uh, important podcast this week just on the f- impact of social media on Star Wars. And I think I think it's a, kind of a vital one to listen to for any, any Star Wars fan. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, highlighting not only too. the not only the negative but really highlighting the positive too of, of the star Wars fandom. Right. So I checked that out. Um, and then this morning I watched, uh, the clone wars, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about later in the episode yep. and, uh, you know, episode four of season seven. And then I also read issue four of the rise of Kylo Ren comic, mm-hmm. um, this morning as well. So, that's pretty much what I've been up to yeah. in Star Wars. And we do, in relation to the Clone Wars, we have uh, some, some poll results, actually. 
Um, okay, just jump right in. Twitter poll. Yeah. Um, so the poll question for this week was, what is your favorite Bad Batch character? And I was actually really surprised by the results here, Adam. I was oh, yeah. expecting a landslide win by Wrecker. Um, and and here were our results. We had we had 33 votes, and Hunter came in at 20, 21% of the vote. Uh, Wrecker was at 30% of the vote. Crosshair was 15%. And then our winner was actually Tech at yeah. 34%. So it was a pretty tight race, and, and Tech came out on top. What are your thoughts on these poll results? Yeah, I uh, I wasn't too surprised. Like I know Wrecker has had some really great episodes, and mm-hmm. this week was no exception to that. But Tech has a, a very a, a very dedicated fan base around him. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot so. of stuff around yeah. Tech lately those last few weeks. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I can get that. I can dig that. Yeah. Yeah, I can get behind it. it you know, and sure. again, it was a pretty pretty close vote there, but but Tech pulled it out. So, you know, and and we wrapped up our our Bad Batch arc uh, this week and everything, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed those episodes. But yeah. um, what's coming up on today's show, Adam? Yeah, today's show we've got some news. We're going to cover a little bit of uh, Mandalorian Season 2 news. We've got some new information about a, a, a new... A new season, a new run of uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures uh, on YouTube. And, uh, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about that Rise of Skywalker early drop. Uh, We're going to get into Clone Wars Episode 4, Unfinished Business. And then uh, you mentioned that you read Rise of Kylo Ren number 4. So we are going to talk about that, but then we're also going to spin that off and do a segment that I'm really excited about. And we're going to talk about the psychology of Kylo Ren. Yeah, I'm really excited about that talk as well, and we'll, we'll get into a little bit of, of my background in psychology yeah. as, as well. And um, So I'm ready to get into it. Are you ready? Let's do it. Well, you want the bad news or the really bad news? All right, so our first news article this week comes from StarWarsNews.net. Um StarWarsNewsNet.com, actually. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Mandalorian Season 2 wrapped filming. Um, and I think this is really good news, as you know, we've seen, Adam, recently. Um, a lot of productions have shut down due to the yeah. coronavirus issue. Um, and luckily, Mandalorian Season 2 was able to get its filming wrapped. And then I'm sure it'll go into to post-production. Um you know, I'm sure there's a lot that'll be done in post-production, getting ready for that October release um, of The Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, did you have any any thoughts on this? Yeah, a question mainly. Uh, I, I remember that uh, Gina, um, uh, Carana. Gina Carana mm-hmm. uh, had said that she wrapped it. So did all of Season 2 wrap shooting, or was it just hers, her role in Season 2? I think this is that season two wrapped completely okay um it was a little ambiguous when they first reported and i wasn't sure if they changed that so i think gina had wrapped and then really shortly after that okay the whole production had wrapped um in terms of shooting yeah Um, so and we know a, a lot of the shooting you know probably took place in the volume or the stage is it stagecraft yeah um yours yeah right that they're using right now with this new technology that we talked about previously. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, you know, it'll go into post-production, but I'm pretty sure that filming wrapped entirely on season two. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Cool. That means they've got seven months. Get that all all, all together. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see my math is right. Yes. October, right? October. Um, October. Yeah, that was October was announced as. Yeah, I thought it, maybe it would come in November, mm-hmm. um, like season one did, but it's right. looking like October this time. So something to look forward to, okay, for sure. Our next uh, news article is about Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures, and this is geared towards the younger crowd. So um, Galaxy of, of Adventures can be found on the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel. Um, and, you know, season one... I, I didn't realize it was broken into seasons, but season one was really um, focused on the original trilogy and everything. And it uses animation to introduce kids to characters like Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader and the events of the original trilogy. And it's really like small, short videos, mm-hmm. you know, probably a minute to two minutes in length usually. But season two is all about the sequel trilogy. And uh, introducing us to characters like Ray and Kylo Ren and and Finn and Poe and and BB-8. And so last night, my daughter, my three-year-old daughter, and I sat down and uh, we we opened up YouTube and together we watched uh, you know the first three little sh- uh, video shorts of season two of Galaxy of Adventures. So nice. the first one introduced us to Ray on Jakku. And, you know, when she ignited her lightsaber and everything, Sydney's sitting there, she's like, wow, you know, and just her reaction to it was (laughs) just this awesomeness. Um, And then another one introduced Kylo Ren and just comparing him to following in Darth Vader's footsteps. And then the other one was just about the team up kind of of uh, of Ray and Poe and Finn and um, BB-8 and Chewie and and just showing and, and, and it kind of looked like stuff from the rise of skywalker but kind of filling in certain gaps um it was mm-hmm. on they had like a mission on a snow planet or something like that where they were all working together so um okay. it was just pretty neat and i think i don't know if you've checked it out or not i haven't but, um, i haven't uh but i'm looking at this art on star wars news net and it's, I mean, yeah. it shows ray and kylo ren uh, mm-hmm. but then it also shows and you might know more about this but it also shows luke and vader and then it shows mace and anakin and obi-wan with dooku and then it looks like uh, maybe Quagon in the back there and Yoda with uh, Palpatine. Or yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe, okay. Or maybe yeah, that, maybe maybe that. that's an older Obi Wan. Um, right. So is this only going to be the sequel trilogy? You know that you could be right. I mean, it could. I don't it know. Could, yeah, it could also have the prequel trilogy in there and everything. Um, you know, I I, I don't know exactly what it's going yeah. to cover season two but it very well could um you know cover those other trilogies as well so yeah yeah it's it's really a neat way to introduce your kids to star wars and and you know we've we've talked before about how there are so many different avenues to to introducing young people to star wars and and this is one of them um so i've enjoyed it definitely yeah um i think it's gonna not only um just cover events we've seen in the films, but fill in a few gaps here and there too. Um, okay. In, in the storytelling. So 
I'm interested to see that. Sometimes I wish they were a little bit longer, you know, because they're very brief, very short. And I guess yeah. for kids, you know, with the attention span and everything. Yeah, but, and, and being um, on YouTube. I mean, there are yeah. long form videos on YouTube, but I, right. I think the bite, the bite sized chunks there work a little bit mm-hmm. better. So, yeah. But yeah, so that's something to to look at if you have younger kids at home and you want to introduce them to Star Wars. And that's something that Adam and I, as as both being fathers, um, parents you know wanting to get this out there and on our podcast about how to introduce star wars to to kids so and we have one final piece of news for this week and that is you know the news that adam you already mentioned earlier that the rise of skywalker dropped on digital four days early actually um it was supposed to drop uh tuesday Mm -hmm. on uh, march 17th but it actually came yesterday on friday the, the march 13th so yeah, and I, was I watched an unexpected it last surprise. Night. I yeah. watched the uh, Skywalker Legacy documentary this morning, which was super good. Yeah, I'm really excited about digging into the documentaries and the behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff. I love that stuff so much, um, and I, I can't wait to to jump into that. Yeah, it's really good. I don't want to talk about it too much because you know um, I don't want it to be ruined for for you or for anybody else that hasn't seen it yet. But there's some really good stuff in there. Uh, really good behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing the, and this isn't exclusive to to this documentary, but seeing the passion that went into everything that they did, uh, just makes me love that movie more. Yeah, and I know that there's a lot of hot takes out there about Rise of Skywalker, but uh, I I love this movie, and I loved mm-hmm. seeing what happened behind the scenes. I loved seeing them make it. I loved seeing, um, you know, all of that, and the, the personalities that come through. Uh, when you get to know people behind the scenes, uh, it's it's just, it's a special and it, it adds a little something. So, yeah, I I can definitely relate to that. Just watching the director and the Jedi um, right. special feature on the for the Last Jedi when it came out, it completely just kind of changed my perspective on that movie and and seeing what Ryan Johnson was trying to do with it and understanding where he was coming from with some of the decisions he made. Just kind mm-hmm. of you know, it, it kind of allowed me to enjoy it even more than I did before. So I'm looking forward to to checking yeah. out the behind the scenes on the Rise of Skywalker. Now, I already pre-ordered um, the physical copy of yeah. the Rise of Skywalker. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to also purchase the digital. So I might have to take you up on your offer to, oh, yeah, to come yeah. hang out and watch yeah, it at we'll your place. It. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, we'll watch it here. Yeah, I so. mean, considering I have a couple weeks off of school because all schools in PA are closed, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll probably have some time on my hands to come hang out. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. So, uh, right. So, yeah, uh, if if you're interested at all in digital, you can jump on that right now. And I think maybe one day we'll talk about that documentary and kind of break down some of the behind the scenes yeah. stuff and you know, all the things that went into making everything that made it on the screen. So. Definitely. And so, yeah, if you're looking to watch The Rise of Skywalker right now, you can. It's an option for you. Um, I will say that on iTunes, you can buy the HD version for $19.99, 20 bucks. Um, if you want to see the 4K version, it's on Vudu um, for about $25. Yeah, I got it on Google Play on 4K also for about mm-hmm. 25 So. Yeah. I had some Google Play credit saved up, so it only ended up being about 20 for me. But uh, Nice. What's coming up next, Adam? I am ready to dive into Clone Wars if you are. 
Yeah, let's review the Clone Wars. Unfinished business. Good. The show is about to begin. Well, we wrapped up our Bad Batch arc of Clone Wars Season 7 yesterday. Uh, we had Episode 4, which was titled Unfinished Business. We always start with these quotes. Uh, some people call them fortune cookies. Uh, but this one was, trust placed in another is trust earned. What do you think of that, Josh? Yeah, I I, I was thinking about that a little bit earlier and what exactly that means and, and, and what yeah. it might mean in this episode um you know i i think i think when you place trust in somebody else and 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 they and they obviously they kind of have to prove to you that in in some way that you can trust them but i think when mm -hmm. you trust somebody else they're they're more um apt to kind of trust you and and yeah earn that trust where, as well so right. yeah yeah that's where i, I came back and i and i found as I was watching this episode, I found a couple of examples of where that would maybe uh, work and where it doesn't work. And, you know, mm -hmm. obviously Echo earns his trust. Yeah. Uh, Rex seems to pretty much trust him completely. From the get-go, yeah. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. But the Bad Batch does not. Uh, Tech and Hunter both are, are pretty honest about their feelings, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that he has been uh unwillingly working with the techno union for so long and uh you know they they don't trust him because of that so yeah i think they have good reason to be skeptical absolutely and for sure so i i i understood that completely right uh i also found this fun example uh later in the episode when uh, uh obi-wan and mace uh, take their clone troopers and you know, they go to uh, confront the uh the battle droid army uh, mm -hmm. they drop in from that from that rooftop that glass rooftop shattered that's a really cool entrance by the way that was such a cool entrance i love that but mace makes this weird speech <laughs> i love this, this weird this plea yeah and yeah. and i i kind of related it back to that trust idea because you know he's he's i think he's attempting to maybe make some some inroads to uh, you know pathway where they where they can be trusted where you know where uh mm -hmm. these droids can be reprogrammed and serve a useful purpose but it obviously goes south right uh so I just I just highlighted those two instances of you know where where trust in this episode uh, works and then where trust in this episode does not work, right? So you kind of get a, a little bit of a juxtaposition there. Yeah, I just I loved that scene in particular. I loved how Mace just kind of runs down how many droids he's dispatched at this point in the war, and he's like, you know, basically. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is going to go one of two ways, and uh, you know if if you know you guys could be used for a better purpose, and because um, you know otherwise you guys are going down basically, and yeah, um, and they just as droids do, they kind of follow the orders they've been given and choose to fire on the Jedi. So yeah, Obi Wan's reactions through the whole through the through that scene were pretty priceless too I mean, it was worth a try <laughs> it was worth a try but then even uh, yeah. right after may starts that speech he, he you see obi look over with this yeah. look in his yeah, eyes like what look. are you doing uh, <laughs> so, uh it was obviously yeah, it was... obviously ad-libbed by mace a little bit there right 
Right. So uh, another theme that that I that I touched on here, and this is nowhere near the first time this has happened in Clone Wars, but Anakin had some pretty interesting scenes there, especially mm-hmm. with Admiral Trench, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, we're kind of getting some glimpses at his rising darkness. Is is what I uh, yeah kind of coined that as I guess uh, in, yes. in my notes anyway. Yes, I love these moments when we we get to see how Anakin is going on that dark path. I mean, you know, yeah. in, in Attack of the Clones, we see it when he cuts down all the Tusken Raiders and says to Padme, I killed them all, not just the men, but the women and the children, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that moment reminded me of this moment reminded me of that moment and okay. on, a, on a not a, on a as big of a scale, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way his rising darkness, as you said. So I like those scenes. Not, I mean, I don't like them. I don't like that. Anakin. No, is doing I know that, what you mean, but, but it's very well done. It, it, yes. it gets you. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. We can do a, another of these. <laughs> we're going to do a psychology episode next. I mean, we could do an Anakin psychology episode for sure. One day certainly could. Yeah. Because these scenes really going to get you in his head and see where he was. Let you see where he's at. And he's, mm-hmm. Uh, he's, um, not so far removed from some dark side tendencies, even at this point, so. Right. But he, uh, but any, uh, he's, he needs to get some information out of Trench, uh, in order to stop a bomb, uh, that has been placed on, on, on the ship. And he really has no qualms about almost torturing Trench to get that information out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he really, you know, he... Cuts off some of those appendages there, and he says he has no qualms about even killing him. So interesting stuff there which, for Anakin. Which he eventually, which he eventually does. <laughs> and I am not going to miss Admiral Trench. No, I can't. That's that's one of the characters that I I can't. I think it's the clicking in between sentences that just yeah drives me up a wall. Yeah, I'm, that I'm not a, I'm not a huge hate fan it. either. Hate it. <laughs> So, but hey, I never get to see Admiral Trench again, so that was a good part of this episode. Right. So, uh, Echo does prove himself in a couple big ways. He takes one for the team. He, uh, he, uh, you know, not only gets them where they need to be, he actually kind of, uh, I don't want to say goes off on his own, but he he kind of does his own thing and, and brings in more droids. Uh, to face uh, face off against uh, Mace and Obi Wan in that that big hangar or, or warehouse or whatever that was, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't met with you know enthusiasm because they've already got their hands full as, as Mace says and uh, you know Anakin says you're gonna have to trust me here <laughs> you know trust that, so so that theme of trust plays itself out again I yeah. I love seeing Echo's plan kind of play out in this episode yeah yeah um in the way it all kind of unraveled i i enjoyed seeing that right right uh but then that i mean that trust thing also comes back into play during that plan because uh, echoes uh, echoes tapping into the computer with his robot arm uh, you know kind of his r2d2 arm mm-hmm. uh and it tech it cuts him off at one point and says you can't do that yet we have to kind of fix the signal so it doesn't look like it's coming from right here so that they know where we're at. Right. 
Uh, so, you know, they, 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 they question Echo. They say, How do we know that you're going to do what you say you're going to do? Uh, and, I, and I think Echo kind of has to trust also that Tech's doing what he says he's doing because he knows at that point, you know, Echo knows at that point that Tech doesn't trust him really much at all. Um, so you, you see Echo kind of pause a little bit before before he says, okay, go ahead and mess with the signal, you know. So uh, some trust themes there again. The, the Trust, I think, was a huge part of this episode. Yeah, and I think there were times during the episode where I even questioned which I wasn't side sure. is, is Echo yeah. on. You know, yeah. I didn't know if I could trust Echo as a viewer, you know, right. and didn't know what how it was going to end up. Right, so, right. Yeah. So, uh, Wrecker had another great episode. His personality is shown through, I think, the most of the Bad Batch. Yeah, I, I think that's why, he, you know, I personally in that poll picked him as my favorite okay. member of the Bad Batch just because, like, his personality does stand out quite a lot. Um, and he right. cracks me up. You know, he makes me laugh as well. So Yeah, and he did that again this week. Uh, the, the stealth... Uh, the stealth topic came back up, and he, mm. you know, how much he hates the word stealth. He just wants to go <laughs> in. Uh, but he had some pretty cool payoff uh, payoffs this week, uh, where mm-hmm. he got to showcase why he's called Wrecker. <laughs> yep. Uh, he's not elegant about what he does. He just goes straight at it and just, just brute force, just brute force, yeah. just plows through everything. Uh, I but think then, I can relate a little bit, just because. You know, when I'm playing, I don't play a whole lot of online multiplayer, as you know, Adam. But mm-hmm. when I do, stealth isn't really my thing. I pretty much just try to get into the thick of things and see if I survive. And usually I don't. But that's probably a, <laughs> yeah. a strategy I can learn better is, is stealth. But yeah, um, yeah I can kind of relate to Wrecker and his style. Yeah. Uh, but his biggest payoff this week was he got to blow something up. Mm-hmm. Because that's what he wanted the whole time, and he he was so happy. He finally got it, <laughs> and it's like I, the happiest day of his life. Yeah, and I love that Anakin fi- you know finds that detonator and says, you know, mm-hmm. Record's gonna love this. He's, he's gonna love this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, we we end with um, the, the Bad Batch kind of knows that this is the end of their involvement in, in this particular uh this particular struggle and and they go, they go to leave and there's a conversation between the bad batch and and rex and uh echo and as they're as they're parting ways rex kind of stops echo and says yeah i i, I it's kind of this whole to paraphrase this it's you know i love the i love you as a brother but I know that your place might not be here anymore, and you know it, it might be with them uh, where you can do some good. And so that that happens. Uh, Echo becomes a fifth member of the Bad Batch, uh, and you know, we, uh, we end with a, a nice little salute to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about how that all wrapped up? Yeah, I like I like how it ended. Um, and I like that, you know, Rex, correct? Yeah, Rex was willing was willing to let Echo go as a even though they were like close friends and everything that he he was able to let him go and trusted mm-hmm. again, trusted him to make the right decision for his his own path. And um, 
you know, just getting to see the different Bad Batch characters and their strengths on display throughout this arc um, and thinking about what role Echo could play and what his strength is. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, he's kind of like, he, he has that droid arm where he can like plug into things sort of like a droid can. And I think that'll make the Bad Batch even a little bit more dynamic um, and have yet another strength to add to their arsenal. So, yeah. um, you know, I kind of, I liked, I liked how that ended up. Yeah. I think, uh, so two things, I, I think that him and, and, and tech could be a, a pretty valuable one, two punch, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sure. but then I think that was really the only place that he could, end up at the end of this you know yeah. I, uh he's been through a lot and he's changed as a character mm-hmm. and i don't think that he does necessarily fit in with the with the regs anymore and i was just gonna say that you took the words right out of my mouth that he's he's yeah. not a reg anymore you know <laughs> he's he's right. been changed by this what's happened to him yeah and i wasn't expecting that i wasn't ex- I, I don't know why but i wasn't quite expecting um him to become a member of was it Clone Force ninety nine? I think. Yeah, I didn't see that coming either. So that was a nice a nice surprise as well. Um, right. What were your overall thoughts on this episode, Adam? I enjoyed it. I don't think I had a down moment so much in this episode. I, I think that it was very. It, it, there were even some pretty cool moments where um, uh, where crosshair uh got to showcase what he can do uh that with was those awesome. little mirrors that, that he has at first uh, i didn't know i thought he was like i thought they were going to be like charges and they were going to blow up or something like that i didn't realize what exactly he was doing but when i kind of when they showed what he was doing that was really cool yeah that was, that was yeah awesome uh but i don't think i really had like a, a moment like even last week I mentioned where uh you know, some some of the biggest some some of the bigger battle scenes I was maybe tuning out a little bit and I don't think I had that yeah. this week. Uh it was it was it was a pretty great episode. Yeah, I I completely agree. I you know, for me this was like a perfect type of episode for me. Mm-hmm. Um it's definitely my favorite of the season so far. It's actually one of my favorite Clone Wars episodes. Oh, uh, wow. that I've seen in my opinion. I mean, I I think it felt so much like Star Wars this episode with the the simultaneous like ground battle and space mission um and it kind of reminded me of that moment in return of the jedi when they're um i forget which they're on that shuttle and they're trying to gain access to endor's moon and they have to put in yeah, their code okay. or whatever mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of that when when they, in this episode when they were trying to get onto the dreadnought in the enemy ship and everything right um so it really felt it really had the feeling of star wars for me and I really l- loved all of it. So, yeah. Awesome. My favorite favorite so far this season. Nice. Uh, so, we're going to continue our reviews here, but we're going to shift gears a little bit. And uh, we're yes. going to come back and talk The Rise of Kylo Ren number four and digging into Kylo Ren's head a little bit. I'll show you the dark side. The final issue of the Rise of Kylo Ren run. I try to say that three times fast. Kylo Ren run. Um, <laughs> Kylo Ren run. Uh, issue number four just recently came out, and uh, so that you know, this wraps up the Rise of Kylo Ren by Charles Soule. And I don't know, Adam. Before we kind of 
jump into it, really. I, I was wondering about your overall thoughts um, of this final issue. Well, what we thought had to happen ha- happened. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in order for Kylo Ren to take up his spot in the Knights of Ren, he had to kill Ren. <laughs> Which we saw coming from a mile uh, away, but that's okay. You know, that's... Yeah. Uh, so... There was... There wasn't a lot of surprises in this, I don't think. Right. Uh, which I am, I, I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that it was my favorite comic series that I've ever read. Right. And I don't know that there was anything there that was like, uh, you know, I think back to that first issue and uh, how you know I was I was surprised that he didn't start the fire or he didn't mean to destroy the temple that type of stuff uh, mm-hmm. so, you know we'd always assumed that he did and you know I, th- I think about Snoke being on the in the garden and aside from like, I don't know that there were any huge surprises for this you know yeah I don't think so, there was anything earth shattering I, no. I think there are a lot of interesting tidbits and connections that I kind of pulled out of it go- my, going back I, go ahead oh, uh, I was just going to say my f- Favorite part of this last issue, though, was the scene where he bleeds the the kyber crystal. Yeah, that was that was pretty amazing because we've heard about that before, mm-hmm. and getting to see it in art form, uh, you know, that was that for me was easily the the highlight of this issue. That was a standout moment for sure. <coughs> um, going back to your comment about it not being Ben that burn the temple down we i don't know if did do you feel like we directly got an answer about who did that because i i keep leaning towards the i don't think so being the one who did it because of the lightning and everything um but okay yeah yeah i don't don't think we ever got that answer i mean we we got these illusions that the knights of ren like to you know just want to burn something so Mm -hmm. i don't know if maybe you know they were there in the background somehow yeah you know, uh, if that was something that Snoke orchestrated, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you talk about Snoke orchestrating this stuff, you're also talking about the Emperor orchestrating it in some manner. He's every voice in his head, and he yeah, creates so, Snoke and, and all that. So stuff. I don't think your your assumption about the Emperor is actually is really too far off there, right? Um, so diving in, there were a few tidbits I pulled out of this issue that I wanted us to kind of look at. The first yeah. thing that I found interesting was the opening panel of the comic. It's on Mimban or Mimban or however mm-hmm. you might say it. Now, I believe that's the a planet that was featured in Solo as well, actually. Mm, um, I could do some emergency Googling right now. Yeah, if you can fact check that for me, Adam, I'd appreciate it. But I'm pretty sure that was the planet where Han meets... Um, Beckett and his crew. Um, I think there's that kind of battle going on on Mimbin. Um, and, you know, again, I don't know how to say it exactly, but I thought that was pretty, just kind of an interesting canon connection. You are right. Solo right Star there. Wars story first appearance, first appearance of the yes. planet Mimbin. There you Mimbin. go. Uh, thank you, Wikipedia. Yes. And thank you, Adam, for looking into that. Um, <laughs> And then another interesting thing was we, we get a, sh- a shot or a look at the Knights of Ren ship um, from the Rise of Skywalker. It looks like this the same ship that we saw in the Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I'd have to check the visual dictionary on the name of that ship. Okay. Um, but but yeah, I thought that was that was pretty cool too. Just getting a look at that. 
and um, rural farm boy uh, in our chat says uh, yes, uh, Mimban mm-hmm. is, Mim-ban. is the pronunciation of that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um. So we get to see the night ship, and then another thing I found really interesting about this issue was that we see Ben Ben's first use of the mind trick, the mind ability that he has to kind of take information from people. Um, you know, we see him do this to Poe in the Force yeah, Awakens. Right. Him attempt to do it with Ray. Mm-hmm. She resists it. Um, and he describes it as a variation of the Jedi mind trick, which I kind of yeah, I thought that was interesting. That right. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah, kind and, of fl- um, flipping that Jedi mind trick on its head. Yeah, uh, kind of the 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 dark side use of the Jedi mind trick in a way. Sure. Um, yeah. And. You know, we see throughout this issue that Ben is still very hesitant to kill. Um, he doesn't want the Knights of Ren to, to kill the the people, the, the species that lives on Mimban. Um, and he wants to try to get the information and extract it in a different way, like when he uses the, the, the dark side mind trick, I guess. Um, and then we have his past show up. He describes them as the past um, being Ty and, and Vo. Um, who are the Jedi that are, have, have been tracking him down and trying to turn him. I don't know if turn him is the right term, but try to guide him back to the light, basically. Or end um, him. Yes, or end him if it has to come to that. Mm. And then we get this pretty cool uh, lightsaber battle that happens. Yeah. So we have... Almost Mustafarian um, and, you know... Uh, yeah. where a couple of those yeah. panels it's not a lava planet but it is a couple right. of those pan- panels are, are all red and, you know kind of with these uh mountain sides and things so yeah and you know what that bridge reminded me of the bridge of casa doom from the lord <laughs> of the rings actually when they were okay. in uh, the mines of moria yeah like that it kind of looked like that which was pretty cool of course yeah. it didn't have it there were no rails on the on the bridge because there's never any any <laughs> hand, handrails on these bridges in star wars yeah. um but I thought it was pretty cool how they intercut the lightsaber battle um, between Vo against Ren and then Ben against Ty. I thought that was cool how that was kind of intercut. Um, yeah. And, you know, basically it ends up that Ben feels like he has no choice, that his his name and legacy and the expectations of him are, are, have already been chosen for him, basically. And and he kind of feels like he has no choice in the matter that that right. he his his destiny is the dark side um because of who Darth Indeed. Vader was um so he ends up killing Ty and then taking on Ren um and then i thought it was really interesting how at one point we see the emperor's voice is in his head right now you know yeah yeah i wasn't expecting to see the emperor right so i can tell it i guess i'm making my words a little bit legacy with uh not many surprises but yeah right so that was pretty cool um and and then finally you know we see that he takes out ren and and becomes the the master of the knights of ren as as snoke describes him in in force awakens and then we ultimately get to that moment which was your standout and one of my yeah, favorites too where he, he takes the blue crystal out of his lightsaber mm-hmm. and he bleeds it red um and but i thought it was it was pretty cool that he, i feel like his lightsaber 
like when when he does when he puts it in there it like takes on this darker color and you know it like kind of turns the the handle sort of black maybe yeah um and i yeah. forget where i read uh where i read this but the hilt i meant i meant yeah yeah uh mm-hmm. the cross guard the, the lightsaber shooting out the side of the of the hilt uh to make the cross guard on his lightsaber um i had read somewhere and i can't remember where uh that he did that as a way to vent the extra power coming through it right because it's so because, because it's like, so unwieldy it's like, unstable it's, yeah. yeah yeah and um you could kind of see little hints of that there too right and and actually that that leads right into our next discussion on the psychology of kylo ren and and what his lightsaber means and how it relates yeah. to his personality so I think we can probably dive into yeah, our next segment. Yeah, let's do that. Psychology Bef- of Power. Before we really jump into that, uh, why don't you give everyone just a little bit of your background uh, so they know where yeah. we're coming from on this? Absolutely. So um, Adam had this pretty pretty good idea about, you know, how can we use our backgrounds and our strengths and, and make it and apply it to Star Wars and make it something unique for this podcast. Um, and my background, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology and um a master's degree in in school counseling um but you know my my background in psychology makes me think about a lot of things when i see movies um and tv shows i think about characters and and from from a psychological perspective and so you know there's a lot of theories that i learned in psychology courses mm-hmm. at at the college level and everything that kind of informed this this idea and this conversation and and looking at Kylo Ren from from that perspective. Yeah, uh, I've been very excited to jump into this, and I, I think this is mm-hmm. uh, this is going to be a fun conversation, and it might be something that we do for some other characters. We'll see. Absolutely. So, Adam, the first thing I wanted to talk about with the psychology of Kylo Ren is his lightsaber and how it kind of represents who he is. Um, you know, we we talked about from the latest issue of the Rise of Kylo Ren comic how in in order to keep his lightsaber stable because it's so unstable he almost has to like fracture it and vent it out to the sides um yeah and i think it just kind of represents who he is as he he's very uh, has a very unstable personality as we see a lot in the force awakens and the last last jedi um i think about you know him smashing his helmet in the last jedi in that right. scene um, he's very conflicted and torn in two. Uh, so I, I think his lightsaber kind of represents that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Uh, and his is really the only one that we've seen that looks that way. Uh, right. So very unique within the universe and very, very fitting, I think. So, yeah. Absolutely. And then I, I also thought about, you know, not only his lightsaber, but his helmet in specifically in the rise of Skywalker, because it's, it's reforged, you know, and he, in the last Jedi, he makes that decision to destroy his helmet out of his anger. You know, Snoke is kind of telling him he's just a child in a mask. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm going to come back to that comment by Snoke a little bit later. And, you know, that he's no Vader and everything. And, and he smashes the mask. He's, he's always struggling with his identity and who he is. Um, and then in the rise of Skywalker, he kind of puts it back together to be like the leader of the Knights of Ren again. 
Mm-hmm. But I think he's really a, just attempting to be somebody who he really isn't, you know. And and I think that mask is is just that. It's it's him being somebody who he really isn't, and it's concealing who he he really is. Uh, this actually comes up in the uh, Skywalker Legacy documentary. Uh, nice. The, the mask point. Uh huh. And I don't want to spoil it. I, like I, I really am trying not to talk about that documentary right now, just because it's so new. <laughs> right. Um. But they do mention about how the mask only be- actually becomes a way for him to mask his insecurities. Mm-hmm. Uh. It, you know, for him to put that layer between everybody, between him and everybody else. So. Right. And there's two major kind of i guess one major theory and then one other like kind of psychological concept that i wanted to break down when it comes to ben solo and kylo ren and the first is actually eric erickson's theory of of personality development of psychosocial development i don't know if this is a theory that you remember learning about in school or not adam or if anybody might be familiar with out there remember parts of it yeah so uh so basically teach us josh I will I will teach you. I'll <laughs> educate you a little bit on Eric Erickson. Yeah. Um, his his theory is that there are several different stages that we go through during our lifetime, and if we progress through these stages successfully and in the right way, then you become kind of an, a healthy, well-adjusted individual. Um, but if you don't pass through these stages correctly, you might not be a well-adjusted person. And I think. Kylo Ren isn't a very well-adjusted person from from what we can the evidence in the films. Um, so there's three major stages that I wanted to look at. There are more stages than this in the actual theory, but there's three yeah. specific to Ben Solo that I wanted to look at. Um, the first is trust versus mistrust. So basically, the idea behind this stage is that you know when in the beginning of your life, when if you're cared for, if your needs are provided. Um, then you will develop a sense of trust with whoever your caretaker is. Okay. Um, but if, if if those needs aren't provided for, then you'll develop a sense of mistrust. But okay. I don't really want to look at Ben Solo from you know birth to age two because we don't know a whole lot about that time period. So I'd like to apply this this theory to just any point in his life, basically. Because I think that some of these stages are fluid mm-hmm. and you could experience trust versus mistrust in, in different time periods in your life. So um, looking at, you know, just Ben feeling abandoned, abandoned by his father, um, you know, Han basically leaving and then later by Luke, that moment um, that we see a flashback of in, in The Last Jedi when Luke kind of confronts him mm-hmm. and He's thinking about destroying him just because he sees everything that Ben will become and everything that he'll destroy. Um, And just having that moment of not being able to trust his father or his master who became a father-like figure to him. So I think he has really developed this sense of of mistrust. Yeah, and uh, expanding on that a little bit, especially from his younger ages, uh, there are some times in, in novels where we see that he is uh, that Han specifically is has no idea how to be there for him. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and he struggles with that a lot. And I, I read, I remember not too long ago, I read uh, Last Shot uh, by Daniel Jose Odair, and mm-hmm. uh, the, it's it's covered a good bit in, in that novel specifically. And I want to say Ben is around two years old in that novel. And uh, so, I mean, you see, you really get a chance to see there uh, how Han... I don't want to, like, not really abandons him at that point, but, you know, he kind of goes off on his own little escapade there uh, with, with Lando. And while he wants to be with Ben, he doesn't know how to be with Ben, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it it is straining his relationship with, with his son, I think. Uh, but then you also have Leia, who, in that novel in particular is portrayed as someone who loves her son very much and you know mm-hmm. does she is there with him but she also is pretty heavily involved uh, with the new republic at that point so she's not going to be there very much you know right as much as she might want to be mm-hmm. so yeah so i think this is the the first stage that we can see that kind of had an effect on him right. and um and moving on to our the next stage I wanted to look at is autonomy versus shame and doubt. Okay. Um, so basically in this stage, this is when, you know, typically children start doing things on their own. Like they they are become potty trained. They start dressing themselves. They, you know, get curious about things and want to do things on their own. I mean, I mean, I can remember my daughter and still saying this over and over. I'll do, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to do this all by myself. Um, allowing your children to do things on their own, that builds yeah. a sense of autonomy right. um, versus if you kind of put them down and say, no, you can't do that. You know, you're not capable of doing that. Then mm-hmm. that would develop a sense of shame and doubt. Um, so. I would argue that Ben never got to form his own autonomy. Um, you know, and, and as we see in the comic, his family expected him to be a Jedi like Luke was um, because he's a Skywalker. Right. Uh, on the other side, on the flip side of that coin, you know, Snoke and even Palpatine expected him to be the next Darth Vader mm-hmm. um, because of his bloodline. And then we even, you know, he says that every- multiple times how he felt so pulled. Right. In both mm-hmm. directions, and I, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Never and really got to figure out who he was. Exactly, and then um, you know we see evidence of Snoke kind of verbally abusing uh, Ben or Kylo and, and calling him a, a child in a mask. You know that mm-hmm. comment is going to come up a lot in this conversation, um, and just so he's just filled, I think, with this shame and doubt about who he is, and and not really developing that autonomy, and you know being him who he wants to be. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ren mentions at uh, one point in this, in this comic uh, that he doesn't think that Luke ever gave him the chance to do something on his own. You know, as far mm-hmm. you know, uh, it was, it was a brief, you remember that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where I think that maybe Luke protected him a lot or maybe mm-hmm. didn't, I don't know if he didn't trust him fully, but maybe he didn't uh, allow him to, do any do anything major you know uh where right. there was never and even if it wasn't a trust issue it could easily come off as a trust issue definitely so from a, from a certain point of view it could be. from a certain point of view so I, I think i think we're seeing a lot of this um kind of play out in ben solo and kylo ren and, and why we see the character that we do and then the final 
um, stage I wanted to look at in this theory is identity versus role confusion. Okay. Um, and so, you know, this stage usually takes place between like the teenage years and early adulthood um, where you form your identity and, and you get a strong sense of who you are. And if you don't develop that, then you're confused about your role. And I think Ben, again, never really built his own identity. Right. Um, he felt that his identity was chosen for him. Uh, he's confused about his role and torn between the light side and the dark side constantly yeah. um, in these films. So I think he's definitely experiencing role confusion. Yeah, for sure. And the one thing I just thought about now is you know, I remember uh, – up through uh, even up until the rise of skywalker uh kylo wasn't even really a a sith you know he was right he was something else you know Mm -hmm. so there wasn't even that identity for him uh you know as far as what his role was he couldn't even call himself a sith you know there was really no there was really no classification for what he was he was a dark side Mm -hmm. user and you know that that was about it and we obviously see that the sith had a much more major role in that than than it felt like uh, during the Force Awakens or Last Jedi, uh, mm-hmm. but he didn't have that identity, you know. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's easy to see why, you know, he had that confusion and feeling like he was torn in two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he even tells his father Han in the Force Awakens that he's he's feels like he's being torn apart. Yeah, so I think right. we can see why that, that happened. Um, so those are the stages that I wanted to look at as far as Eric Erickson's theory goes. And, you know, we're kind of applying them loosely to the character of, of Ben Solo and Kylo Ren. Loosely, but, but they all fit. They do fit, yeah. You know, um, and it's actually kind of making me appreciate the character a lot more uh, that we've talked mm-hmm. about this because it's a very... Uh, it's very carefully done i think and i don't know that yeah. i don't know if this was i don't know if if this particular kind of conversation came up during the development of his character but it, it's a very it's a very intriguing character to cover in, in a star wars movie and a star wars story it's not something we've seen before uh you know that kind of instability or how uh, you know how what i want to say like I mean, we, we've seen parts of his development growing up, mm-hmm. and it all kind of fits into this to this interpretation of his character, and it's really, uh, it's really well done, even if it wasn't meant to be. It is. It really is. I, I mean, I, I find Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, to be probably the most interesting dynamic character in the sequel trilogy. Right. Um, he's very complex, which I enjoy, and I wanted to look at one other thing. With, with Kylo Ren and the psychology of Kylo Ren and, and, and basically looking at kind of the idea, this idea of grooming um, that, that sometimes okay. happens in, a, in abusive relationships hmm. um, and the idea of Snoke kind of grooming him. Right. And, and so there are a few things that happen when somebody grooms somebody else. Um, the first thing that might happen is they pretend to be someone they're not. So okay. they, they pretend to be like this loving or caring person when really they're a controlling person. Um, okay. And I think we see a lot of that with Snoke and that kind of that garden scene in, in the comic. Yeah, yeah. Um, where he and he even has whatever that headpiece is on and, and everything. And he's kind of appearing to be this 
kind of loving, caring person. Right. Um, right. He's really not that person. Right. That he's pretending to be. Um, and also they, they can be very charming and present themselves as someone who will meet your needs. And I, I think Snoke certainly appeals to that and, and Ben and saying, you know, basically saying that he can give him what he needs. Um, and then they appear to be very empathetic as well. And so I, I think okay. we don't, we don't see a lot of that in the movies, but in this, in the comic, we do see I think maybe, Snoke kind yeah. of grooming. And I think maybe the relationship changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Snoke at the beginning is trying to appear a little more, uh, you know, like he's on Ben's side and, you know, know, he he wants Ben uh, to be who he is or whatever, but he really wants Ben to be his puppet. (laughs) Right. And and I think, I think as those years went on, I think that came out more maybe. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the Snoke that we see later. Yep. Yeah, we we kind of see this next part of grooming where. Um, oh, did I just transition? Yeah, you did. Nice work there. That was an that awesome was a nice segue. segue. It was great. <laughs> um, so the next thing that happens after that initial part of the grooming process, um, is then they use coercion to control your behavior. At that point, so now they've got you in. They've they've made you feel like you can trust them, that they're empathetic, they can meet your needs. Then comes the control part. And, you know, things like saying you're no Vader, you're just a child in a mask. And again, it comes back to that kind of controlling behavior because he knows, Snoke knows that if he says this to Kylo Ren about him not being Vader and, and, and Ray knows from the scene in the force awakens that that's what he's afraid of. He's afraid that he will not be as strong as Darth Vader. So Snoke preys on that fear and uses it to control him Mm -hmm. Um, because eventually he goes and and gets Ray and brings him to, brings her to Snoke in a way. Um, So, you know, I think that's where that part of it comes into play. And at this point, that person who's grooming the other person then has a hold over them. They have some hold over them um, and, and, and that control over the person to the point where the person feels like they don't feel like the victim. They feel like it's, it's, it's their fault if they fail. Okay. Um, I want to bring up Palpatine here too, mm-hmm. uh, because not just snow, even maybe more than Snoke, uh, because Palpatine man- manipulated him to the point where he was using voices inside uh Ben's own head to get what he wanted mm-hmm. out of out of Ben, you know. Yeah, that's very true. Because you know he was really the the voice and the control and the manipulation behind all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the final thing I wanted to say is, you know, Snoke has this hold against him, and in the last Jedi, we see him say to, to Kylo Ren, he calls him son of darkness, heir apparent to Lord Vader. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I see your every intent. I see what you're going to do. You're going to ignite the lightsaber and and kill your true enemy. So Snoke thinks he has him right where he wants him, but that's at that point, Ben or Kylo Ren makes the decision that, he's not going to allow Snoke to have that hold over him anymore. And that's the beginning of Ben taking control back and making his own choice about what he's going to do. 
Um, and that's, I think, the beginning of, of his kind of redemption in my mind. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to take this all the way to the end and, you know, Ben's redemption. How do you, how do you see that that fits in, in the, into this conversation? Do you think that that, do you think that he's, do you think that he's finally breaking some of those bonds? Do you think that there's something mm-hmm. to be said, uh, a deeper level there for what he's, you know, he's finally, he's finally doing it. I mean, he actually kind of goes back to, at the beginning of Rise of Skywalker, he kind of falls back into that master-apprentice relationship, even though it seems like maybe he has you know, machinations to do something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think he has his own plans in mind. You know, I, I don't think at any, in my opinion, I don't think at any point in the Rise of Skywalker does Palpatine really have control over him. I, I think once he makes that decision to defy Snoke and take him out, he's in charge now. And at first, he wants to use his newfound power to, you know, in the, with the dark side, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think he starts making these decisions and starts making these choices. But then what happens is he builds this trusting relationship with Ray. And I think, you know, he gains this trust in Ray and having this trust in Ray where he didn't have this trust in anybody else. And I think it's Ray who really starts to, to change him. And, change him to to the point where he is redeemed like i think she's the first driving force in that and i think once he starts making these choices of his own he starts to form his own identity finally and and who he wants to be and and in the rise of skywalker when when ray kind of stabs him with the lightsaber i think she says something to the effect of you know i it it was Ben that I that I wanted to to join. I did want to join. Yeah, you. I, I wanted to take. I wanted, I wanted to, to take Ben's I hand. Take, I wanted to take Ben's hand. Right. Right. Um, and I think Ben starts to realize that that that's his identity. Okay. You know that he is Ben Solo, um, and that's who he needs to be. And I, I think it ultimately, you know, and then you get that final tipping point where Leia reaches out to him. And then he sees his father and realizes that his father does love him, mm-hmm. you know, in that great moment where he doesn't even have to say it to him, you know, <laughs> Ben doesn't even have to to tell Han that he loves him because in that great line from the empire strikes back, he brings it back and he says, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I think all those things lead to his redemption and him forming his own identity and making his own choices and who he really is and and what his choice really is 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 to be a good person in the end so that's kind of how i see that progression nice i love that conversation i gotta be honest me too i mean i'm a little biased because i'm into this stuff i know um, i know but but yeah I, i really enjoyed it as well but i mean i I, deep dive into the mind of ben solo yeah, I think that's a great way to, you know, kind of analyze his character. Uh, mm-hmm. If you guys enjoyed this conversation and you want to hear us do a little bit more of this, uh, maybe apply it to some different characters. You know, there's there's a wealth of characters that we can psychoanalyze in Star Wars. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, so if you enjoyed this conversation, let us know. And if you want to do, if you want us to do some more of these, uh, if you even have a character you'd maybe like to hear us talk about, 
you know, send it to us. Yeah, I enjoyed this. Thank you, Josh. I'm just glad you're here. At the end. Thank you for everyone for tuning in to episode 20. We had a blast talking all kinds of Star Wars stuff this week. Uh, make sure if you're listening, uh, you know, either live or uh, just checking us out somewhere else on YouTube or whatever, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if you're on iTunes, uh, you can leave us a review. Uh, if you don't use iTunes, you can always uh, install it on your computer or Mac, or it's already installed on your Mac. Uh, so uh, leave us a review there. That really helps us get out to, to more people, get more people checking out the show and involved and in, in, in talking with us. Check out the website from a certain point of view.com. We had a couple things going on there this week. Josh wrote a Canon catch up article on uh, Force Collector. We had a new Guarding the Light post yesterday. And then on Wednesday, we announced that we're going to be starting a Star Wars book club. And that's going to live on our Discord server, uh, which will. Have links for the Discord server in the show notes, and we'll be putting that out on on socials as well. Uh, we'll be starting the book club this week with the launch of the Rise of Skywalker novelization by Ray Carson. So if you want to hang out with us and read along with us and chat with us and tell us what you think and get your get your opinions heard on the on this novel in a respectful way and a positive, you know, uh, you don't have to love everything, uh, but you know. If you want to be in on that conversation, join our Discord server. We have a channel set up just for that. So that's going to be starting this week. And we'll be talking about that more on socials in the next in the coming days as well. As far as those socials go, uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter. We are at CertainPOVPod. Facebook is uh, from a certain point of view. We are on Discord, as I mentioned. And those links are always in the show notes. And email is certainpovpod at gmail.com. Our episodes are also hosted on anchor.fm. Anchor is pretty cool. You can get on Anchor and send us voicemails uh, there if you want to get a question in uh, through voice and and drop it that way. Uh, There's also, if you feel so inclined and love what we're doing, there's a support feature on on Anchor as well. Uh, You know, even a a dollar a month helps us... uh, Put this whole thing together. This show, everything that we do, is, is going to be free to you. That's only in addition if you feel so inclined. So, but thanks again. Like I said, for tuning in, Josh. It was a great conversation. Uh, really glad that we got a chance to to dive into all that. Yeah, same here, Adam. Thanks for winding the show down for us. And I can't wait to start with the book club immediately after this. I'm going to pre-order the novelization for my Kindle. And I'm um, looking forward to diving into that with, with everybody out there. And, we, and again, we'd love to hear from you guys, send in your questions or your topic ideas for us to talk about. Also, I'd like to just mention the fact that Adam has been working really hard on um, developing a new logo for um, our, our site and our everything that we might be using in the future. Yeah. Um, so look out for that. And You're getting our faces off of everything. <laughs> yes we're trying to remove our ugly mugs from our logo and put in something better yeah um and of course it will connect to our message which is that remember everything we said today was true from a certain point of view